The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I, uh, in ministry, when I started ministry, um, I had uh, mainly two sermons. They were good ones, okay? <laughs> I preached on healing, and I preached on baptism in the Holy Spirit, and uh, speaking in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit. And then when we started our church, I, uh, I went to uh, talking about the fact that God wants to bless us. And that's true. I wasn't preaching for the congregation. I was preaching for myself. And I did that for a while. And my wife was asking me, don't you have another thing to preach on? <laughs> Can you go somewhere else? <laughs> I did that for several weeks. And Angela was begging me, go talk about something else. No, I got to stay with this. Amen. But today... I want to talk, I want to, talk uh, to you about uh, healing because many times I think a lot of Christians in the church, especially a church where they believe that God still heals, they just assume we believe in healing. And then what about healing do you believe? I don't know. We just believe. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You have to know because it says you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. It's the truth that will walk on your behalf and make you free. It's the truth. Don't assume anything when it comes to God. If you don't have the word, you don't have God in that area. So you feed yourself from the word so that you're strong. If you're using your right hand often... Guess what? That hand is going to be stronger than the other. What you feed and what you exercise is what's going to be your strength for deliverance. So we need to understand the word of God. Now, that title of the message, Jesus defends your right to be healed. Jesus defends your right to be healed. You know... In many places in the church, they say, well, we don't want to talk about this healing thing. They consider it a side issue of the gospel. It's a side issue. Jesus does, they did it, the disciples did that just to bring people to Christ. But it was now, now we know the word of God. God doesn't do that anymore. We don't need that anymore. Because we believe the Bible is here. But that's not true. The word of God is very clear about this. Let me tell you this. Healing is part of God's redemptive work. It's part of God's redemptive work. Jesus didn't. And we'll come to the scriptures. That's the way I go. I always want you to see it for yourself in the Bible. Not my opinion. What God says. Jesus didn't just die alone for our sins. He also died to make us well. 
mentally, emotionally, physically. I know we focus more on physical healing, but sometimes mental tortures are worse than physical tortures. They're painful. You can't sleep. You dread. There's anxiety. There's depression. Those are sicknesses as well. They paralyze us. They steal from us. Money, time, comfort. These things are as evil as sin. Oh, yes. They make your life bitter. And sometimes you lose a loved one. And it's painful. Yes, you still go to church, but this loved one is gone. And they suffered so much. You talk about sin. Yeah, but what about the suffering that we have to go through? Sin led us there, but both of them are evil before God. Sickness is evil. Sickness can divide. I mean, it can tear up a marriage. And tear up a family. And you know that's not God's will. Sickness can come in and cause so much trouble. Steal from you thousands of dollars that you've saved to take care of yourself and your children that God loves. Sickness can come in and take that away from you. The young get sick, the old. We're always related to older people, but young people get sick as well. And when they're sick, it's very dreadful, especially when you don't know what's going to happen. And the doctors are not giving you good word. And it's your, your only child. How painful is that? That's why I believe God not only had sin in his mind, he also had in his mind how destroy that thing called disease. Let me say this. Jesus spent more time while he was here healing people than he spent forgiving them. Read the scriptures. There were many people that, just a few people, he said, your sins are forgiven you. Woman, go, sin no more. So your sins are forgiven. I don't hold you. But all over the scriptures, you see him healing people. And you think, well, he was just trying to show that he was God. No. He was helping them. Many times they begged him, come to my house. And Jesus said, you won't believe unless you see signs. The man says, look, just come before my child dies. And Jesus said, how come? I'll go with you. Was he, com- was he trying to prove to the man that he was someone special? No, the man already knew that. But the man wanted release for the child. Peace. We need to understand that. Jesus defended the rights of people I see in scriptures. That's what I was reading, and it jumped out at me. Jesus would defend your right to be made well. And you see that in scripture. Listen to this. In, in Mark chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, and I go, I'm going to go, meticulous like that to go through this. Because sometimes we just read scriptures and we move on without thinking. We need to do that so that God can change something in us. And build something in us. Perfect. He says, And he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a wizard hand. 
<laughs> Withered hand means not only paralyzed, he couldn't use his hand. I mean, there's atrophy, atrophy there. I mean, he couldn't use it, it's dry, everything. No mom, the muscles are almost gone. That's a withered hand. No muscles. A withered hand. Verse 2. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. Then he said to them, now he's defending the man. It was Sabbath day. Okay? He says, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them, and he just scanned and just looked at them. With what? Anger. He was mad. With anger. Being grieved because of the hardness of your heart. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored as old as the other. I want to go back because we have translators back there for Spanish speaking people. But listen to this. He went into the synagogue. And there was somebody there that had the withered hand. And the people, they watched him closely. He says they watched him closely. Not just watching him, they watched him closely. Whether he will heal him on the Sabbath. Notice the difference in our time. When we come to church and it's a question of healing, we're wondering... Whether or not God's going to heal today. Right? That's what we're concerned about. Will God heal? Will God heal? These people were not concerned. They knew he will heal. All they were concerned, we don't want you to do it. That's madness. They didn't want him to heal. They were sure he will, not only could, but he will heal. Now, they didn't want him to do that. But today, we want him to do that, but we're not sure if he's going to do it. There's a big difference. What's happened to us? Whenever he showed up, Jesus had said nothing. They knew the man was sick, and now they were watching. He's going to heal him. He's going to heal him. We know he's going to do it. We know he's going to do it. And they were saying, if he, if he does this on this Sabbath day, we're gonna, we're gonna, we have to do something about this. But Jesus could care less. He defended the man's right to be healed. He stood his ground. Even though he knew that this was coming against him, but no, he wouldn't back off. He will heal the man, let them do whatever they could. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will defend your right to be healed today, no matter what the preachers are saying. No matter what they say. If they say, well, he used to heal in those days, in the Bible days, he doesn't do it anymore. That is the God who was. Yeah. But God says, 
I am that I am. If he did then, he's going to do it today. And if he's not doing it today, then he is the God who was. And he's not I am. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you're sitting here sick, he will defend your right to be healed, whether it's Sabbath day or any other day. He wants you healed. Amen. He wants you healed. He wants you healed. He is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And notice, they could care less about whether the man's hand was withered. They knew when Jesus was through with him, his hand would be as good as your hand. They knew that. They had a funny kind of faith. Okay? <laughs> they had a funny kind of faith, which we beg to have. Okay? They were sure if Jesus wanted, he'll heal this man today. I mean, this guy's going to go without this withered hand if Jesus wants to do something about it. But we don't want him to do it because it's the Sabbath day. They prefer their Sabbath day than a man being well. That's the definition of insanity. I mean, does it make sense? But Jesus said something. He says, is it good to do good or to do evil? They agree. It's always good to do good on the Sabbath. Nothing wrong with that. But listen, Acts chapter uh, 10, verse 38. He tells us there how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing what? Healing is good. That's what Jesus said. Healing is good work. It is good for God. Don't we always say God is good? You know what you're saying? God heals. That's what you're saying. Because it's good to do good works. God is good. He went about doing good, healing all who were what? Oppressed by the devil. Sickness is an oppression of Satan. God has nothing to do with it. If you are sick, God did not send that sickness. And if you believe God sent it because, for whatever reason, to teach you a lesson, they stay, don't go to the doctors. Don't let them take it away from you. Because doctors are good, they can help you, Right? God created them. God gave them the wisdom. And they can help us when we are sick. I'm not against doctors. God uses them. All good and perfect gifts come from the Lord above. But if you believe God's trying to teach you something with your sickness, then don't go to the doctor. Wait for the lesson learned, to be learned. After you've learned the lesson, God will take it away, Right? And that's the way it's supposed to be. God gave you this thing. And the preacher says, we believe God has something uh, that he wants to teach you uh, in this sickness that you're going, this pain, whatever you're going through. And the same, at the same time he's telling you about that, he's looking for the best doctor in town uh, to send you to remove what God has placed in your life to teach you a lesson. So he's being disobedient on one side, and he's thinking he's, uh, he's assisting on the other side. You can't be double-minded. 
A double-minded person is unstable in all his way. Stay on the side of healing. Can I hear an amen? Stay on the side of healing because you are staying on the side of God. He defends your right to be healed. I'd like you to learn something here. It's so important. After Jesus looked at them in anger, I don't wonder, is he he looking at us (laughs) with so much anger because we are so unbelieving? Huh? We don't know if God's going to heal or not. We're not very sure. (laughs) We're concerned about that. And we're still watching to see if God will heal anybody today. (laughs) It's the reverse. We should be believing God. But notice what Jesus said to the man. He said to the man, he looked at him, stretch out your hand. Right? You know what I would say? Most Christians or most people would say, I can't do that. Right? My hand's withered. How come you say stretch out your hand? Why don't you heal me and I'll stretch out my hand? Is that not logical? But God doesn't work with logic, okay? You just do what he said. When he told Peter, step out of the boat, walk on water. Did Peter do this to try the water? If he will hold his weight? You know, if he tried it, he said, okay, master, you can come. I'm not doing this. Nobody walks on water. He stepped out of the boat. Jesus said to him, stretch out your hand. And I'm sure the guy looking at him like, huh? Okay. He stretched it out, right? When was it restored? After he stretched the withered hand. So most people just stay there and waiting for God. Yes, I'm here now, God. You do your thing. You got to do something. Amen? Do something. I've often said this. If you will step out in faith, not a split second will go by. Because God watches over his word to perform it. If you really have Bible faith, you will stretch out your hand. You will step out in faith. And God cannot, I say it again, God cannot overlook faith. If it's not happening, I will admit I'm struggling in my, in my believing. But if you truly trust God, no split second. He changed everything. Jesus defends your right to be healed. I like another story here. The Bible says in the matter of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. Listen. It says now, Luke chapter 13, beginning from verse 10, now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, another Sabbath day. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately... How? When? Immediately, after he laid his hands on her, immediately she was made straight and glorified God. She was 
praising God. But the ruler, that's the pastor of the church, okay? The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. Because Jesus has healed, had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. They're kind of rebuking Jesus, right? <laughs> there are six days that, in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them. He was sure. Just come. You will be healed on them. But I'm not happy he did this on the Sabbath. Okay? Come and be healed on them. And not on the Sabbath day. Verse 15. The Lord uh, then answered him and said, Hypocrite. That would be really tough. <laughs> if he does it in the whole service, I mean, he just called you out. <laughs> That's tough. He says, hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, they think of it, he says, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. See, Jesus again defended her right to be healed. I like the word, daughter of Abraham. You know what that means? You are a child of God. You are a child of God. And it doesn't matter what day, when, or time. You, as a child of God, you have a right to be healed. Sabbath day doesn't matter. That's what he's saying. A child of God, he had been bound. Nobody told Jesus it was 18 years, but he knew it, was, it had been 18 years. It doesn't matter how long you have been going through, whatever you're going through, he sees it. But today, God can free you from that if you believe. The daughter of God must be loosed. Like my wife said, until you're loosed, you can't be used for service. So you got to be loose. The daughter of Abraham. Another thing I want you to see there, notice she was bound by this spirit, right? Sometimes sickness is because of a demon. It doesn't mean you are possessed, okay? It doesn't mean you are possessed. I had somebody ask me when I prayed for somebody and I rebuked a demon. He said, Pastor, are you saying she's possessed? No, I didn't say that. She was a daughter of Abraham, right? But she still had the spirit of infirmity. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian if you're sick. It doesn't mean you don't know God if you're sick. She was a faithful daughter of Abraham. But you need to be free. God wants to free you. And it was a spirit that was doing it. And notice what Jesus did. He spoke to her first. Telling her, woman, you are loose. You know you have the power as believers. You can say the word. And no, notice, we'll probably be discouraged. He said to her, woman, you are loose. But nothing happened, right? He had to lay his hands on her. He said it. 
woman, you're loose from this infirmity. He, at that stage, he was addressing the demon. Get out of here. You're free now. Just like he said, go lose that donkey and bring him here. I have need of it. He says, woman, you're loose. You're free now. But she needs to be healed. He laid his hands on her. And the Bible says, they shall lay their hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Instantly, immediately, she was made straight. Amen? Are you guys getting anything out of this? Amen. You know, in Exodus chapter 15, I believe verse 26 there, God says, I will not permit any of these diseases that I've put on the Egyptians to come upon you. And then he said, because I am the Lord, your physician. That was when the children of Israel left Egypt. We're told that there were about three million people. And I've read it, you count the tribes, thousands and thousands in different tribes, and their children, they just count the men, the adults, they don't count the women. But if we put all of them, they were about three million people. They had come to a place where, in Marab where they had bitter water. They had bitter water they couldn't drink. I don't know, maybe poisonous water. And they cried out to Moses, what can we do? We have to drink. We are in the desert place here. And then Moses, if you read the scripture, Moses then looked for a tree and put the tree into the water. You know what that tree is? Jesus hung on the tree, right? Yeah. First Peter 2, 24. Jesus hung on the tree, he says. He put the tree in the water. If your life is bitter, take the cross of Jesus to yourself and your life will be made sweet. Hey, I feel like shouting. Yes, take that cross. He says, Moses, put that scripture up so I won't just be talking. I always like you to see the scriptures. It's important because it's like the pastor's opinion. This is not my opinion. Exodus 15. Verse 25. Thank you, Teresa. And so he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord showed him what? The Lord showed him a tree. Don't you want God to show you the cross? That's the tree. When he cast it into the water, he says the waters were what? Made sweet. Why don't you take Jesus into your life today? Your life has been bitter. You tried it your way. Uh, I did it my way. Well, the way is not working for you. Take Jesus into your life. And your life is going to be made sweet. So many around the world have experienced this. Things were tough for them until they drew near to Jesus. And you know, God said, draw near to God and God will what? Draw near to you. That's why I was talking about Sunday school. The more you go closer to the word, the more God comes, becomes real to you. And as God becomes real to you, Satan says, it's too bright here. I've got to leave now. I've got to find some darker place to go. Thank God. Uh, go look for wherever you want to go, but leave my life alone. Amen. The water was made sweet. And then God made a covenant with them. And told them, from now on, I am going to be the Lord, your healer, your physician, 
your great physician. Verse 26. But you know, he says it to every single person in the camp. And the thing that's important is that they believed him. They actually believed him. For 40 years, not a sick person in the camp. Think about it. Because they believed that. For 40 years. And we have a better covenant. I know Satan attacks us greatly. But you know, the pillar of cloud was always there. The pillar of fire was always there. Everywhere they went. And Jesus is our pillar of cloud. Amen. Jesus is our pillar of fire. There was not one sick. They all believed it. Every one of them. Including their children. You know how I know that? Psalm 105, verse 37. Three million people. He said, he also brought them out. That God brought them out with silver and gold. God told them, take the silver and gold from the Egyptians. And, and, and they were made rich in one day. They gathered everything from the land. I mean, it seems like if you read the scripture, it was funny. When God wants to bless you, you really get blessed. In fact, the way I see it in my mind, God said, before you leave the land, go to the Egyptians and you know them because you've been serving them. You know the rich ones. That's me, okay? <laughs> you know the rich ones and the ones who really have money and gold. Go to them. Just tell them, can I borrow your gold? I'm going to borrow from you, but I'm not bringing it back to you. Oh, yeah. God said, borrow from them. <laughs> Get in. And they went to them and they said, hey, I need your earrings. I need the gold that you have in your room over there. And they were happy to give them. They'll go in and get the gold and, and bring to them. And they, they, they stand there and they take it. And while they're standing, oh, I remember. I still have another one back there. And they go back in, they get that one and they give to them. And so they brought them out with what? Silver and gold. And we know Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He brought them up with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among his tribe. I like the word his tribe. Notice that? His tribes were maybe different. But we are all part of his family. You are a part of Jesus' tribe. Amen. You belong to him. You are a part of him. You are akin to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That's what the scripture says. But nobody was weak. There was no sick person. There was no child had a runny nose. Everybody was well. Because God had said to them, I am the Lord, your physician. I am the Lord, your physician. Because of time, I'll, I'll go with this. Psalm 103. I think Amy quoted that earlier this today. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Now, listen. Sometimes you don't feel like blessing God, right? 
but you really need to. Would you say that with me this morning? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Let's say it again. Bless You are not saying it like you're really excited. <laughs> Let's say it like you really mean it. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all oh, that is within me. Bless His holy name. Let's do it again. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all oh, that is within me. Bless His holy name. Hallelujah. Did you know heaven heard that? And the angels are saying, look at them. They're so beautiful. They're blessing the Lord. Amen. He's saying that. Hallelujah. Yes. They're blessing him. But notice, he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And what? Forget not all of his benefits. All that is within me, bless his holy name. And don't forget all of his benefits. Who forgives? Some of their iniquities. Are you guys awake this morning? Okay. He forgives some of their iniquities. He forgives all of their iniquities. You really believe that? So you really believe that God will forgive you your sins this morning? All of them? So if you were unrighteous before, when you came in here, after he's forgiven your sins, are you still going to be unrighteous? But can you stand before me and say, look, I'm righteous, Pastor Goodluck. You'll be afraid to say that. Because God says you are. And that's the truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. doesn't matter how you feel. God says you are righteous. He forgives all your iniquities, right? And he heals all your, uh, some of your diseases. All of your diseases. Right, Jenny? I didn't say that. God said that. Don't put the burden on me. Put the burden on him. He says it. Why will he, he, you know, we all know that. He'll forgive you all of your, all of your sins. The same God who forgives all of your sins, he's the same God that will forgive, that will all of your diseases. If he will heal, the same scripture, right? If he will forgive you all of your sins, that's a clear indication that he also will heal all of your diseases because they are all in the same sentence. That's the way it is in the scriptures. He will. And that's his will. You know, many have forgotten some, especially they know the benefits of the forgiveness of sin. We struggle with receiving the, the benefit of healing. I don't know why. All of us, we struggle. I think I know why. You know, we've been so taught. You know, the brother says, well, I just committed this bad thing and I feel bad. And you say to him, well, would you just confess it to the Lord? Don't we say that, right? Just confess it to the Lord. And the guy cries, and he confesses it to God, and then he says, well, what, what do you think? He says, I know God has forgiven you. You know that? We say that. 
We're very clear. God has forgiven you. You confessed it, and God. And they said, how do you know? You take me to the scripture. God said, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you. But he also said, he'll heal you. We take the benefit for forgiveness of sins, and we take that seriously. Because we believe if we don't do that, we may not go to heaven. Right? But let me tell you this. Well, I can't get to it today. The same body that bore your sin, bore your sickness as well. He died from both. He died from both. Read Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. He says it there. He died for both. The same body, that divine body that Jesus had, paid the price for your sins. So that every time you ask God for forgiveness, He has to forgive you. That's when you turn. That's what the Bible says. I was sharing with somebody. You, where he says, so that they understand with your heart and turn and I shall heal them. God wants to heal. Once you turn, you understand, you know the truth. He has to forgive you when you confess your sins. If you're here this morning and you feel like I'm not close to God, all you need to do is say, God, I confess my sins. Please forgive me. Believe me, you can't, most of us can't remember every sin we've committed, right? If, if you ask me to confess all the sins that I've committed in my life, <laughs> you have seven days to be around to listen to every single one of them. I can't even remember them. And that's not just me, but every one of us. He sees forgiveness, his grace. But the same body that bore our sin in his body, the same body bore our sicknesses. That cannot be in vain. God wants to heal you. If you have emotional problems, God wants to heal you. You have anxiety, God wants to heal you. Can God heal anxiety? Oh yes, he can. You have a mental issue, yes, God wants to heal you. If it's physical, God wants to heal you. Many of us have seen legs grow out here in church. We've seen legs of people grow out. There's a guy in prison that we prayed for, but Larry prayed for. He has a tick for 23 years. And Larry prayed with him. And now he's telling everybody in prison, God's freed him. For the last three or so weeks, he's never had a tick. He usually will stay at the back because he does this all the time and doesn't want to be embarrassed. So he stays all the way to the back. Now he sits up front because he doesn't have it anymore. Because God's taking that away. God's taking that away. There is no, sick, no sickness that's too hard for him to heal. We just have to believe him. Even if you don't feel anything, step on the water. Don't try the water to see if it will hold your weight. You remember the, the ten lepers? They were on their way, right? They believed this word. And basically, it's good and done. He said for us to go show ourselves. You know what it means to go to the temple, leprous? You might not return. You defy God's temple. They'll stone you in their day. So, but they knew. We could be stoned, but the master said to go. He don't, I don't feel good there. He says, while they were on their way, they got healed. Oh, 
So when you are prayed for, don't go saying, well, pastor laid his hands on me and I didn't feel the anointing. Oh, sorry. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. He says, and he laid his hands on her, right? Did she say, ooh, I feel something. No, she just got straight. God wants to heal. He is a healing God. Jesus still wants to heal today. Jesus wants to heal today. When will he heal? Second Corinthians in the end, we have. It's another finally. <laughs> Six verse two. It says, For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, that's the day of healing, salvation, that's the word sozo, means to be healed, to be delivered, to be made free, to be made strong, to be made whole. It says, on the day of salvation, I helped you. God says, behold, now is the accepted time. When is the accepted time? Now, you're going to argue with God about that. God says it's now. What's the meaning of now? Now means now. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Now. Now. If you believe God wants to heal you. Now it doesn't matter how long that sickness has been in your body. God can heal you. You know, I can feel Satan didn't like this message because I, I got up since yesterday with symptoms. I've been some uh, sickness. And, and I said, I know, you don't like this. It's happened to me in the past. I had a, now for my church back there, my nose was dripping in the morning and, and I had to preach. And I kept saying to Satan, you better stop this nonsense because there's no way I can be preaching with my nose running at me. It was really bad. And finally, I said, when they sing the last song, you got to quit. Because that's for me to go, time for me to go up. And this last song went, it still was dripping. <laughs> so I said to him, if you don't quit, I'm going to have it, I'm going to turn everything to a healing service. <laughs> oh, yeah. My nose will be dripping while I'm praying for the sick. And that's what happened. Uh, Jenny, some of us remember Jenny. Uh, she was deaf in one ear, completely deaf. That was the day her ear got opened. And she was never deaf again. She, she, she passed on to be with the Lord. That ear was opened completely on that day. And I was so excited about her healing, I forgot I was sick. <laughs> I got better. Jesus is the same yesterday today, and forever. No one can heal, but I trust him. I trust him. When he says something, and you know that the Bible says if we're two or three are gathered together in his name, he's there. Hey, he's here today. You may not see him, but Jesus is here today. I know some people are saying, if, if I could see Jesus with my eyes, I know that my sickness will be gone. Well, he's here. Why do you want to see him? That time is gone. Jesus said, we are living in a better time. We don't have to see him. Why don't you come and receive your healing? And God will heal you this morning. I'm not talking about just physical healing. Some of us are going through some mental issues. 
We've had some young men that was healed here. I don't know how many years with a panic attack or whatever it was for many years. He's healed to today, many years. He, he had that on the internet. I didn't know he was healed because we prayed and we forgot. He's still healed. No matter what it is, anxiety, whatever it is, God wants to heal you. Don't put up with it. Don't, even if it's a headache, you know, it, Satan doesn't know how to stop. He came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. If you don't check him, the thief will continue to steal from you. And today, we are going to catch the thief, you know? You know, when you, when you put your hands on the thief, he knows he's caught. And you get the cops coming, he knows his life is over, okay? Today, we're going to get him, amen? Today, we're going to get him. Will you stand up with me this morning? Today, we're going to tell the enemy where to go, amen? We'll tell him where to go because it's the Father's will for us to be healed. And he is right here with us and we can receive our healing. Amen. Whatever you are, whatever you have, God can heal it. No matter how long he's been in with you, God can do that today. God can do that today. Amen. Prayer partners, would you come over here? This is not a healing service, but uh, I figured the Lord wanted me to pray, preach on this so that people can, if nothing else, have the word in you so that God can begin to work through you. Amen. First of all, let's do what is really right before God. You know, when I, when I go out overseas and I'm doing a, a crusade, we call it, I always, after, because most of the people come for healing. And I tell them, I'm going to pray for you. God's going to heal you. But why will God heal you if you're not ready to serve him? So that you can have more strength to go sin against him? So we need to receive him first and dedicate our lives to him first. If every one of us this morning will dedicate our lives to God, the work begins. Amen? We need to dedicate our lives, receive Christ into our lives. Every one of us. All heads bowed. All eyes closed. Please, honor the Master. He is here today. Especially for those who need to receive Him with all of their hearts for the first time. Their hearts are open to Him and they want Jesus in their hearts. And for those who have received Him in the past, but it had not stick. They haven't done what they promised God they would do. They want to rededicate their life. It didn't stick at that point. But today, it will stick in Jesus' name. If you make that commitment to God, it will stick today. And God will give you the grace to follow Him. At the count of three, if you are that person, please honor God by just lifting your hand up and put it right back down. And God, God will see it and some new thing will happen. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. I see this hand. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand there. I see your hand, lady. I see your hand. How good God is. Would you pray with me, every one of us? Some of us need to rededicate our lives to God. Tell Him, God, I want to serve you. I don't know why I can't be passionate about God. Can you help me? I really want to serve you. God will do that for you today. In Jesus' name. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, 
Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for my sins. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Empower me to serve you. Holy Spirit, take full control of my life and give me a passion for God. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give him a clap offering.